This is Speaking of the Economy, a podcast hosted by the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. In each episode, we'll hear firsthand from the Richmond Fed's economists and other experts about the issues they're exploring, from access to credit, to workforce development, to regional differences in economic outcomes. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker and do not represent the views of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond or the Federal Reserve System. Hi, I'm Jesse Romero, Director of Publications in the Research Department at the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. Today, we'll be talking about economic and financial literacy and the role of the Federal Reserve in educating teachers, students, and the general public about these topics. We'll also talk about some of the challenges facing educators as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. With me today are two members of our economic education team. Sarah Gunn leads the team, which delivers innovative programs and writes educational materials to enhance the public's understanding of economics, personal finance, and the Fed. David Bass is an economic education outreach specialist who leads our strategy to promote the Richmond Fed's economic and financial education resources. Sarah is a former educator and David has a background in public relations. Thanks so much for joining us, Sarah and David. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So let's start with some context about economic and financial literacy. Why is it important for high schoolers to graduate with a basic understanding of economics and personal finance? So teaching economics and financial literacy is important because it helps people make informed decisions. The research suggests that knowledge of core financial concepts is associated with one's ability to navigate tough choices, still face spending, education, employment, and retirement. Providing this information at a young age helps build a foundation for the decisions they'll make later in life. The earlier we can instill these good financial habits, the more we can minimize the number of mistakes they'll make as adults. In addition to exposing students to the new vocabulary, we want to equip them for a world that's quickly changing. This means teaching them the critical thinking and problem-solving skills they'll need to make any financial decision in the future. And we also want students to understand the role the Federal Reserve plays in the economy. Uh, monetary policy is used to achieve the goals of price stability and maximum employment, but it can also have a direct impact on an individual's financial decision-making. So the Fed's mission is to foster a healthy, growing economy, and individual decisions and outcomes matter. So I assume there are curriculum requirements for financial education, just like there are for other subjects like math or science. What are K-12 students in our region expected to know about economics and personal finance? That's a great question. So there are national standards in economics and financial literacy that were written by experts and published by the Council for Economic Education, but they're voluntary. Um, they do serve as a gold standard. And while they cover a large number of topics, the general idea is to help students think like an economist, which we mean, you know, helping them evaluate trade-offs and opportunity costs. But each state and sometimes counties or school divisions within a state have the authority to set their own curriculum standards and graduation requirements. So we'll really have to look at each state in our region individually. In Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina, a course in economics and personal finance is now a requirement for high school students. West Virginia teaches those topics too, but they're part of other classes rather than as a standalone course. And Maryland has standards in economics and financial literacy for younger students. And while the District of Columbia has economic standards, but no standards for personal finance. So how have these standards changed over time, um, for better or for worse? 
So over time, more of the states in the fifth district have offered economics and personal finance classes, and more of those classes have become graduation requirements. However, there hasn't been the same growth in testing, which would help us measure the effectiveness and impact of these changes. So teachers are thoroughly teaching their students about the topics they're required to cover, and we have evidence of that. For example, in Virginia, a lot of students are given a standardized test to certify that they are, quote, financially literate. Uh, in 2019, nearly half of the top 100 schools nationwide that scored well in that test were in Virginia. But there are two challenges. As Sarah mentioned, not all states require financial education for their students and not at the depth that improves their decision making. So in a lot of communities, students are graduating high school without much financial literacy. They are left to learn it on their own through trial and error. Then there is the challenge of evaluating the effectiveness of financial education efforts in the long run. So how much impact does financial education in high school have on a student's economic outcomes? Uh, evidence shows there is a positive correlation and more in-depth financial education is more effective. But this is something we'll need to keep looking at over time and decide what works and what doesn't. So what is the Richmond Fed doing um, and the Federal Reserve System more generally to support economic and financial literacy? We've developed educational resources such as lessons, activities, and online courses that teachers, parents, and others can use to help explain these economics and personal finance topics. We've made sure that our resources are aligned with the curriculum standards, and then through professional development programs, we make sure educators know how to use these resources with their students. Um, there are a lot of financial education resources out there, so the Richmond Fed tries to make a difference by focusing our efforts on an important decision that students will be making earlier in life, how much to invest in their own human capital. And this connects back to the Richmond Fed's focus on workforce development. We offer an online course called Invest in What's Next that helps students decide what to do after high school. We also connect teachers and students to the work of the economists at the Richmond Fed through programs such as Evening with the Fed and Richmond Fed on Campus. And to help us make sure we're continuing to meet the needs of educators in the district, we gather feedback and input from them through our advisory group, the Teacher Collaborative Committee. With teachers and students adjusting to virtual learning, either full-time or part-time, has the pandemic impacted economic and financial education specifically in any way? So it has definitely been a challenging year for everyone, and we are truly grateful for teachers and all they do for their students. And they've had to learn how to do their job in a whole new way in a very short amount of time. And we're only beginning to understand the potential impact this will have on students and student outcomes. However, this is also an interesting time to be teaching economics and personal finance. Uh, the pandemic has provided an opportunity to illustrate abstract concepts using current events. Uh, teachers also play a unique role in helping students translate the economic information they might be hearing on the news um, as their families grapple with the hardships they face as a result of the pandemic. So how have you adjusted your own approach to economic and financial education during the pandemic? So just like teachers have had to adjust, we have too. We've moved our current programming to a virtual environment. Um, it's required us to come up with the new, new ways to engage audiences. So for example, we developed new programs around current topics, such as the pandemic and racial disparities. This includes the economic and monetary policy update for educators, the Ask an Economist Town Hall for students, and our evening with the Fed and Richmond Fed on campus programs. We have also re-examined and refreshed the format of our teacher collaborative committee. 
The 2021 committee will meet virtually, which allows educators in all regions of the 5th District to participate. And we also know that not all instruction can happen online. So we're still in a position to ship physical resources to teachers and students by request. And I want to be sure to mention the variety of organizations that are engaged in economic and financial education in our region. There are state councils in economic education in most of our states, uh, the treasurer's office for the state of West Virginia, and organizations like Junior Achievement and the Jumpstart Coalition, whose goals are similar to ours. And we collaborate with them to make sure the needs of teachers and students are being met. And many of these organizations were forced to pivot their programs in response to the shift to virtual and distance learning as well. And as the school year goes on, we are all grappling with an increased amount of Zoom fatigue. I definitely empathize with the Zoom fatigue, as I'm sure many of our listeners do. So this year is the 10th anniversary of the Fed Experience, the Richmond Feds Museum. Can you tell me a little bit about what the museum does? Sure. So the Fed Experience uh, welcomes members of the general public, students and teachers into the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond so they can learn more about how the Fed affects their everyday lives. And we're proud of what we've done over the last 10 years. We've welcomed over 52,000 visitors uh, to the museum. Well, it must be a challenging time to mark the occasion now that we've uh, adjusted to a virtual world. How do you see your work evolving over the next 10 years? We'll continue to focus on how best to deploy and adapt all of our content in a way that meets our audiences where they are, not where we are. Sarah and David, thank you so much for talking with us today. And thank you so much for your work to support educators in the 5th District. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Speaking of the Economy is produced by the Research Department at the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. You can subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app or download past episodes from our website at richmondfed.org slash speakingoftheeconomy. Want to know more about the issues that the Richmond Fed has been exploring? Check out our Regional Focus, a series of curated webpages that showcase economic research and data, reports and essays, and community engagement endeavors relevant to 5th District communities. Just look for the links on the homepage at richmondfed.org. The intro music for this podcast was composed by Ernest Barbaric, and the sound effect used in the intro was produced by Keith Holzman. The outro music was by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.